Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly and social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level to interact with us. As always, you can join us live Thursday nights, 9.30 Eastern Time. We love seeing you over in Facebook land or on YouTube, so it's great to see you there. Or later in your podcast application of choice, so it's great to see you all. You know me, my name is, let me find my bumper, John Ruark. I'm past master of the Patriot Lodge, number 1957 in Fairfax, Virginia. So that's me. Another guy I picked up along the way is one Jason Richards. Hey, Jason. Hello. 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 Jason Richards, master of Patriot Lodge, number 16 in Clifton, Virginia, and very tired because... Yes. I had the privilege, the Masonic privilege with brother Brad Drew of getting up at five o'clock in the morning to support newly installed worshipful brother Nicholas Lane, the newest worshipful master of Endeavor Virtual Lodge out of the province of Victoria, Australia. You, sir, are a better man than I for braving the early hours of the morning to go see yes. that. So thank you. Very good. We won't awesome. we won't talk about how I uh, you know spent part of the time you know working on my project burn down chart. Um. <laughs> hey, what else are you going to do at five in the morning? <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, good seeing you. And last but not least, for now, we have our guest speaker for tonight, and that is Dago Rodriguez. I believe I got the name right. Yes, you did. Thank you. Awesome. Hello, everybody. Hey. My name is Dago Rodriguez, and I am uh, the current master of the Southern California Research Lodge and two-time past master of South Pasadena Masonic Lodge number 290 in Los Angeles, California. Excellent. Thanks for coming. All right. So before we get into tonight's uh, topic, definitely want to remind everyone that uh, if you like Masonic content and you like this content and you want to keep it going for many years to come, Head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable and uh, chip in a few bucks. Helps keep the show going. Helps us uh, chime people in like like Dago from all around the world. So um, keep that going for many years. And, of course, as always, hop over to our private Facebook group for more weekly goodies. Awesome. Well, hey, this year, this time, we're going to talk about the South Pasadena masonic lodges masonic con you have, this is uh an event that's been going on for many many years but you just had your most recent one your 2022 um version just last week this past weekend last is that weekend, true right yes yeah. all right last weekend so, so we'll before cover. we yeah before we dive deep into this past weekend let's go all the way back to the beginning and doggo tell us about how who came up with the idea of the Masonic Con, how long have you guys been doing it? Just uh, what's the whole history there? Well, you know, it was inspired by Brian's Masonic Con concept in Attleboro, Massachusetts mm -hmm. uh, many years ago, where he basically had a big uh, symposium uh, with no Grand Lodge endorsements, really just went on with it, invited, invited his best friends to come and do talks, had a festive board and called it Masonic Con. And I, it caught fire, right? Everybody across the nation got wind of this. And 
I had heard of it and I was like, wow, we out here in Southern California have Comic-Con, right? And I'm like, how cool right. that he was able to label it that way. And why didn't we think of that first? So I called him and and went by one of the years, was invited the next year. And I said, well, I want to definitely do this in the West Coast because nobody else wants, would want this or be crazy enough to attempt this like me and my lodge. So um, with his blessing, if you will, in 2019, we did the first Masonic Con in Southern California. Um, and it was big. It was a big success. And we kind of, the committee that was formed made a pact that we wouldn't do it every year just because of the gravity and the planning. It'll give us time to sort of reset and think about how we might want to approach it the, the next time we do it. So we're trying to do it every two years. With the pandemic, it kind of pushed us to three years this time. Hence, this is really our second big one that we've done. Yeah, I was going to ask, because I think your, your first one was a smashing success. Right. And, you know, when you yeah. when you lead, you're not supposed to do like set the bar really high in the beginning. Right. You're supposed to <laughs> get better every year. But, you know, at least you're giving people a couple of years off to refresh their memories. Yeah. And, and also well, and also the lodge, the officers, because you really you know, when you do yeah. things like this, you guys know it's like you need everybody's buy in to make it work. And everybody, this is yeah. this is covered by the lodge. The lodge is fronting the finances. Everybody's. At the local lodge level only. Yes. Yes. So you didn't have Grand so, Lodge endorsement? We will. They They did endorse. Like, Grand Lodge is. Define endorsement. How about is, that? Like, yeah, you know what? We're happy lodges are doing this. Mm -hmm. And and we're, we're going to continue with what we're doing. But have fun with what you're doing. That's really cool. Keep up the good work. That's the endorsement kind of that we get, right? It's, it's not the like, best kind of endorsement. It's not like. Yes, you know, the Grand Lodge that governs best governs least, right? <laughs> Spoken <laughs> like a true libertarian. <laughs> I had to throw well, but I there. think this is this is the the attitude that these Masonicons and Esotericons got, right? <laughs> it's like the it's like the punk rock show of Masonry. It's not supposed to have the thrills and bells and whistles of a Grand Lodge capsulated thing. It's it's it's, mm -hmm. it's its own rebel Masonic event that you mm -hmm. get to bring speakers that might be a little off the chain right and that right. and you get to do things like a festive board with you know bad singing and uh, uh toasting masonic pop culture icons as opposed to you know the united states of america uh, the grand lodge uh, formal formalities <laughs> yes we basically love that idea of grabbing those formalities and spinning them and saying look this is how we interpret this and maybe you'll like it too and judging by the people that leave i mean they're just like uh electrocuted with a lot of masonic education and information that haunts them and and they take with them the residue lingers for a very very long time and that's what's impressive to me that's why i enjoy these also the fellowship of meeting people that you normally wouldn't have met in other circumstances True. you get to do that here that like brian would say is like the icing on the cake of having an event like this it's not just the mm -hmm. content of the speakers but the people that you meet and the ideas that you exchange to take back to your jurisdictions and say hey this is what they're doing here what about us trying something similar or warping it into our own thing because i've seen it work already and i think this is the the power and the inspiration that esotericons and masonicons have to the craft as a whole when when they're done right, when you feel that people actually put an effort into it 
and said, you know, I care enough that I will that, that look at the details here. Look at what we just put together for you. And hopefully you're inspired by this to take it to your lodge and do something with it or share the information mm-hmm. with, with your lodge brothers, because it's okay. not, it's, it's a very rare event. Like there's no, we don't do, there's no weekend long Masonic education retreats in California in our jurisdiction. And it's crazy to ask people to stay, go to a festa board Friday night and Hey, get your rest. Cause tomorrow you're going to be here 12 hours or more. And then you're going to come back Sunday morning for more. And I used to that, like going to film festivals and Hey, screenings start at seven in the morning and they're ending at four in the morning. So have it, have at it. So, I mean, the Masonic geek doesn't care and they'll, they'll be troopers and they'll do it. Right. But there's the normal people that are like, Oh, after two speakers, <laughs> that's it. I gotta go. <laughs> This but is this is at least double, if not triple, the Masonic education I get, like in a given lodge meeting. <laughs> yeah, three times zero is still zero, Jason. This is my my lifetime <laughs> worth of Masonic education. <laughs> it's <sighs> and so that's I think that's yeah that's the, I think the impact and the power that it that it has to those that attend mm-hmm. and 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 the guest speakers that come and kind of. Run through it and yeah. see and level the people that they are they are rubbing shoulders with and speaking before and after also. Yeah, and that's I that's I think again part of the secret sauce of all this is like you guys, especially this year, knocked it out of the park again with your speakers, especially right. Um, of course, it's no no uh, hidden uh, idea that I I'm a big huge fan of Masonic education and these conferences. Um, what? But what did um? How long did you guys plan this, and who came up with the the ideas for the list of speakers for this year? Like, was this a committee? Was this a, you know, over a couple beers? How did this how did this shake down? Yeah, there was uh, the committee of brothers at assemble, and this time it basically was the same brother last year, that last time I should say, and we we first come up with a theme like, what do we want the theme to be? for this year, like what do we wanna engage in? And at first it was gonna be the magic, magic in Freemasonry theme with a K. And we were inspired by Jimmy Paul Lamb and were these articles on Houdini that were being published on the Scottish Rite Journal. So we were like getting a list together of how magic can start to, Darren Lawner is talking about Harry Potter in Freemasonry. <laughs> and I think uh, uh, there were a couple of people that said, well, you know, I, it can miss opportunity since there, since since we're in this new millennium and we're back from this pandemic and people are like coming back to lodges and they're trying to figure out what's important in their lives and what really matters and is this worth the investment anymore and how much do I want to commit to this? So the research lodge had just printed the Masonic books of the new millennium, the top 10 list. And that's what uh, Brother Ian kind of like had a long talk with me and he said, listen, like, why don't we just do that, call it Masonry in the New Millennium and see how many of those speakers, how many of those authors on that list would come if they're invited. And I go, wow. So I kind of, you know, when somebody has a good idea and you don't want to like tell them right away, you sort of want to like play it down and really think about it before you say you're, that's great. That's great. And that's what I did. Two days later, I I called them and I said, you know what? I think, let me call these authors for much buy-in they have if they're available that weekend because the weekend was already been set and I, I would say all of them except 
um, two ended up out of the 10. So well, actually, because one has a co-author, there's two authors in one. Well, but I usually tell so, Jason his ideas are horrible and then I try to take credit for them later. So, And then you say, uh, yeah, well, I, yeah. I was sitting at home and I had a vision. <laughs> <a> vision. <laughs> the magnet I have. But I got this idea for a podcast, but it's not a podcast. It's a video, and it's more of a roundtable discussion. I was watching The View Go with my home, wife, Jason, and it's women around the table. Yeah. Awful idea, Jason. <laughs> Horrible idea. It'll never work. But once This is how I we start that the rumor that I was the one who founded DMR. <laughs> not at all the case. Sorry, Doggo. Go ahead. Once I, once I, I, the authors said, yeah, we're, I'm available that weekend. I came back to the committee and did a whole presentation. I'm like, well, I think masonry in the new millennium should be the theme for the year. We're back. It's, you know, we're trying to get this rustic old traditional craft back in order and moving forward. And we got to assemble, right? We got to, we got to come together and transform into this new, new masonry and the new millennium. Everybody talks about the Renaissance and masonry. Well, now we got to transform that Renaissance into that reality. And that's where the whole robot transformers kind of pop culture theme that came logo. about it. And that's what, what, what made it, you know what the logo started out as at the festival board I showed people, uh, it was two aprons that I got and I deconstructed the apron geometrically into the face of a robot. And then I sent that chicken scratch to a graphic designer, and then he came back with that, which kind of close, but not as close as I had. Let's see that shirt, too. Yeah, you got your little... So That's this year's logo. Yeah, Yeah, look at that. And the coin, guys? Man, you missed out on the swag? I mean, we all love our swag. Look at this coin. That's pretty hot. Look at this coin. I gotta admit. Jason's already on his way over. Ha! (laughs) Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just excited that I don't have to, you know, design a whole new logo <laughs> and motif for Esotericon next year. For next not year. doing it. Yeah. Giving you, giving you oh, a so break. Did you design this one? The one that you just had? Yeah. I have designed design all one? of the TMR logos and all of the Esotericon logos. Yeah, that was a, that was a cool logo. Yeah. Well, that one's cool, but that, is that the skull? Is, no, that was, that that was, was 2019, year, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the this uh, year with this goal, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Pull it back. Pull it back. Focus. There we go. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Life. Yeah, but you guys weren't selling perfect. them. I was going to get swag for everybody back home, and you're like, oh, you had a pre-order. <laughs> you had a pre-order. So that's like, uh. that's the key to being that's the key to being self-funded, right? And we we kind of learned this early on with um, okay. you know the the seventeen seventeen you know, 300 event we did in, in 2017, like you pre-sell tickets and then you scale to To the tickets you sell. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, the more tickets we got, the more stuff we could order, the more different swag things we could, um, we could throw Uh, in. And so, yeah. Because I'm not having like 500 2019 pins laying around, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So we, that translated to us, scaling to just enough or a little bit more to cover absolutely everything and keep it as lean and as waste free as possible because then any extra we just donate to charity hey robert 
Hey, y'all. Sorry I'm late. Had to be, you know, uh, a chauffeur this evening. I was like, kids dad. Uber. Uh, yeah, dad, exactly. So uh, what I was going to mention with that, it, it's kind of like it, we, we it was almost like Kickstarter-ish the way we did it, but it was really before Kickstarter and a lot of those those things really took off. You know, it was like, hey, if we sell this many tickets, this is the next thing we're going to buy. You know, and and as okay. people bought tickets, we unlocked stuff. You know, and it was a well, it was a lot. That's of interesting because it's true. Whenever you talk about the swag, you never really say what's in it. You just say the swag, and then slowly you start to say, oh, pin, the sticker, the hat. See, and we do the opposite. We just list it and do the pre-sale on an executive pass that so you'll get the swag. But we're no, we know we're going to order either fifty to a hundred items off the. The, yeah, you're seeing the list on the executive pass. Um, of, you know, of, I think, and we'll have those extras to sell. Yeah, because we really and don't I, make money. You don't. You're not making a profit off the pre-sale ticket here. We're making right. we're making our money back on the extras that we have afterwards. If anything, we're losing. Interesting. Like, we're bad at this. Like like <laughs> the masters. As long as we break yeah, even, it doesn't matter. Or whatever. Or maybe not. One one other reason I think for for keeping the swag bags a mystery it not only affords us flexibility but like being with with Esotericon I promise I'm not making this about Esotericon just just to do so yeah, but yeah. you know it's it's started off as a Masonic conference now it is Masonic adjacent but that has given us a lot of free reign with swag to do custom tarot decks to do singing bowls like stuff that really appeals to a very unique slice and subset of masonry that you know your standard a lot of you know brethren and masons just would be like i i don't understand this you know, it's not as ubiquitous yeah. as say lapel pins and things like that what do you think grand lodge has been hard on you guys for for it like how difficult have they been with you in that event because you know rj did chicago you did it outside of grand you did it on your own and then you guys are doing esoteric on your own we are not doing this masonic well we're doing it as a lodge but we're still sort of it's still the, the blue lodge and the grand lodge can come and say hey you're screwing up like why are right. you doing this so did you get that much blowback uh flying under the radar i guess that's the the best way to put okay. it yeah Okay. Yeah, let, we'll meet for drinks sometime, and we'll tell you the the full on <laughs> version. But yeah, we've we've found that a lot of leadership, not, and this is you know in a lot of places, not just you know the Grand Lodge in our respective jurisdictions, but a lot of leadership is very quick to say no, don't do that to things they don't immediately understand and comprehend. And so they're much more restrictive out the starting gate as opposed to being much more open about trying new things. Oh, so it's like a and fish so fry. For, if it's like a fish fry, I'm down, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, you're doing a pancake breakfast? Yeah, sure, cool. But, you know, wait, you're doing a conference on occult Masonic symbology education. and yeah, right. Masonic education? And My, uh, can, you, can, you confirm, yeah. can you confirm yeah, for us, it was it was just like it made sense to keep it not Grand Lodge related. Uh, 
because it essentially we just didn't want to I didn't want to have any loss of control over the event right like I just didn't want to have to deal with somebody saying you can't do that and I mean ultimately that's why I went with a lodge that was a temple board so it wasn't even under a lodge um, but the best part was um, you know when we tried to advertise it they told us we couldn't because uh, the, the um, it didn't sound right to have a Masonic con because con is like a like like you're conning somebody con man that that's exactly what how they took it and they said no and they're like no that's not the way it's used but uh, so they they wouldn't advertise convention but they convention. have changed they've changed they, they they now understand and so we we regularly advertise things like uh, SPML and Lyceum and and all of that stuff now mm-hmm. so nice. So how do, so how do we keep them exciting? Because everybody's popping up with a Masonicon nowadays, and that's what, like, one of the committee members in our lodge was like, "Well, you know, it sounds like it's the greatest hits." Whenever I look on their websites, it's the same people going to these uh, Masonicons doing the talks. That we just like doing a merry-go-round, getting them in each state, or <laughs> or what's going on? And I was like, "Oh, you know, that's a good point." I mean, well, these are some of the best speak- speakers in our masonic generation right now and who would not want them to come yeah who would not want them to be in their lodge present you know it's like can you imagine back in the day when manly p hall was alive if you had him at your lodge at you know an educational evening (laughs) with pictures and a festive board i mean people would go crazy. john would die yeah that would be that would be amazing that would be amazing so that's so so I, i look at these faces that you're scrolling through and to me these are the the people that we will be talking about, I don't know, I don't know about Brad Drew though, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can skip over him. It, nobody uh, talks about Brad, <laughs> but you, you guys crushed Brad's it. Cool. I mean, let, let's let's admit it. Like you really got the dream team. We were talking in the green room, you know, Doggo, you know, about how you know I think this might be the last big gathering of some of these faces and names because you know there's some people that are just you know going to mix things up, change things up. Um, you really you lucked out. Yeah, to get the to get everyone from all over the country. So you know, kudos to you guys for pulling this together. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do think there's something to be said about market saturation, and this is this is stuff that I've talked with Matt Parker about. I've talked with Joe and and the other guys about, like when Ezekiel Bates was the show in town, it was novel and new and now we've got you know masonicon we've got spml's masonicon masonicon kansas coming up in a couple weeks uh you know arizona has one texas has one cooperstown new york has one um and so that's one of the things that you know i've really tried hard to figure out is okay so if they're all the same and brothers will maybe take you know one or two out-of-state trips a year. How do you differentiate yourself and um, your event to make it something that people want to come to? And to me, it's it's really it gets everything gets back to you know economics and business improvement. For me, it's it's all about finding your specific value proposition that is a differentiator from absolutely everything else. 
And so for, for us in Esotericon, we are the esoteric side and the spooky side of, of philosophy. And that's, you know, that's, that's just who we are and, and what we do. And, and for us, it's been a good enough differentiator. Well, and, you know, and, for, and for, for SPML, right. That when I think of that brand, um, pop th- culture, bingo, right. You guys do a great job with the theming with you know kind of threading the different presentations together with um obviously your graphics artists and and um your video editing is superb chef's kiss like it's it's really good so uh whoever whoever assembles that like you guys certainly yeah evolve does a lot of the the, the video stuff for us brother yeah. yeah and the screenings right like we also do yeah the oh, absolutely that yes that's theme. unique that you can't get that anywhere else right yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so and so that yeah that mm-hmm. pop culture you know almost like Cannes Film Festival vibe that SPML has like no other Masonic Con has that. Is adjacency to Hollywood the reason? Did that well, influence I, you? I think the influence was really that whole Comic Con experience. And if you've ever been to a Comic Con out here, RJ, you've been to one, right? Like it's nonstop. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, overdrive. Yeah, for people who have never been to a San Diego Comic Con, I mean, I, I went for twelve years in a row uh, before I moved out of state, and then even <laughs> I then, I, I I would go every year, and then I moved back to Chicago, and I flew back, and I went twice. And you know, the only reason I actually stopped going to the Comic Con was because it got so big that things I wanted to go to uh, just like immediately when the hall opened, I like beat feet and made my way to a convention hall where they were doing a Q and a session to watch a new uh, cartoon that was coming out. And I wanted to see the cartoon and, and see the panel talk about it. And literally 15 minutes after opening, the hall was closed because it was full. And I was like, Holy cow. And so it no longer was like super fun for me. And I think it, the, the, the statistics were like things, you know, uh, just over that weekend, there were 15 to 20,000 extra people going into San Diego in the well, gas lamp. Anymore, it's 100,000 100, now. Yeah. Oof, wow. 100,000 more people. I mean, so there's so much, it's so big, you guys, like restaurants in the gas lamp quarter regular restaurants shut down and then rent out their restaurant to like Paramount so that they can like turn their restaurant into Star Trek for the weekend. Like, I mean, that's how huge it is. And the first time I was at Ezekiel Bates for their second Masonicon, Daga was out there with the, uh, the Lodge of Research uh, Fraternal Review. And I looked at his, center uh display for and i was just like i felt like i was back i felt like i was back at comic-con like i was like that's the kind of feeling especially there because he has a lot of vendors and everybody's coming in and out for free walking around like a swap meet in a way right and it it was cool because it did have that vendor comic what what else are you if you do it too sophisticated I think it also goes down to like, what is the attitude of Masonic education in California in our jurisdiction? And I don't think it's, 
I don't think it's that high, sadly. I don't think people, like when I go to the East Coast to see to your Masonic cons or esoteric cons, like five different states, you know, show up supporting it and they sell it out and they, it's a big deal. Out here, it's like pulling teeth. Like, oh, really? Uh, I think I'd rather go to the beach. Uh, what do you think that is? Three days, that's too much. Uh, and you're like, yeah. uh, again, look at all these speakers that you're never going to have the opportunity to else and they're here in your backyard and this one lodge is rolling up their sleeves and rolling out the red carpet for them and for you to come in sit in and listen to this and you don't have to sit through everybody but at least come and show your support because also the flip side if you're a speaker and you're showing up and you're talking you flew all the way across the country to talk to an audience of 20 people then it's kind of like oh either nobody gives a crap about masonic education here or mm -hmm. i'm not that big of a draw right? so how many like, people did you have this year we had 150 which was similar the same number we had last year that's great and then and then by the end of saturday you had like about 80 people that kind of stuck around all the way to mm -hmm. the end it didn't go till one in the morning like last time we ended like at 9 30 10 o'clock this time and then sunday morning we had um maybe 50 50 people there so it sort of starts to thin out as the weekend goes, but the real yeah, dedicated like, crew, to yeah, to the Comic Con convention, like you kind of like want to write it out as much as you can for what you paid, and the, yeah. you know, we're, like I said, we only do it every two years, so it's not going to be coming back, and it's not going to be the same. So it's interesting. So now, what was you think of this past weekend? How do you think it went? And what do you think were some of the the highlights, you know, the best parts of the weekend? And what were some of the lessons learned or lowlights of the weekend? Challenges. Yes, the challenges, the challenges. Opportunities. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Opportunities. The challenges, the, You're such a manager. The challenges were unpredictability, right? Like we know, we know this. It's, it's with airlines canceling flights, with COVID happening that I was anxiety ridden month leading up to it because I, I was not going to feel right until 6 p.m. Friday when I knew who was going to be present and there because there was just that X factor of not knowing what was going to happen. And so luckily the people that came came and they were here safe and we were able to continue. But after that, then it just became about executing and hitting our, our time. And for the most part, we did. I think the team, the committee that that worked on this and the volunteers from our lodge that helped out, you know, I want to thank them for sure, because they kept the wheels the greased in this machine and just kept the ball going because they knew they didn't want to stay late and break things down afterwards and sanitize. We were sanitizing twice a day in the rooms and like, so they were, they wanted to make sure that we had the ball rolling. Um, but other than that, I don't, I don't, you know, just again, just more buy-in from Masons out here in the state, right? Like that's where, I, I, can we? We're going to analyze this more and say, well, what can we do better to get the word out, get the word out earlier, uh, get Grand Lodge to buy in and say, look, this is important. Like, why? You know, they they're having a magazine launch party this Friday, and in the last two weeks, we've received seven emails reminding us about it. So, so they are consistency, reminding, reminding, reminding. So why not help this lodge that's putting on a weekend event for you for this whole state? Once this a year, a once every two of, years. A couple of mm -hmm. these at least leading right. up I'll to be it, frank. right? Right before we I, I have to say that 
that pisses me off. <laughs> because I mean, tell me how you I, really there's feel. No, Language. There's, there's no brotherly way. There's no brotherly reason why a lodge is going to bust its rump. Okay, to do this big thing that is super valued by so many people and like these big name people i mean past grandmasters are flying into your lodge and yet there's no nothing you know it's so it, like that kind of thing just really upsets me because it's saying it's that old thing where like if 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 they didn't come up with it they don't want it and I don't know if that that's what it seems like. That's what it seems like. Well, of course, like. I think I think I, I totally agree with you in that from that observant point, like, yeah, that's what it looks like, right? But maybe it's that liability as well. Like, well, if something goes wrong, we don't want to answer for it because we didn't we don't know what was happening. We didn't that's, we don't so know what was that's really like going such on. a that's like such a cop out though. It's it's all bureaucracy, it, bureaucracy it, at its best. It's it's so lame, you know, and 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 let's think about this. Like I'm not gonna like Grandmasters are great, but like, let's just say when Bob Davis passed, I mean, it like literally left the Grand East, came out to Chicago for for the Scottish Rite Valley. I mean, did, did our Grandmaster come out to say, hey? No. When I went and pre presented for sitting Grandmaster's Lodge, did my Grandmaster like send um, a letter or anything that to give grandmaster bob davis no did you tell him yeah i asked him i said do you want do you have anything you want me to bring him or anything he's like no okay, <laughs> that's the sitting you, sitting grandmaster of the uh, grand lodge of north carolina Ooh. come to our event yeah so yeah. i think and and did your grandmaster come no. No. Nope. Because they didn't I come up with the idea of the conference. Strictly speaking, I don't think he was on the invite list. <laughs> I could have sworn it was on there somewhere. I, I checked it twice, I swear. Lost in the mail. <laughs> but I think this is what separates these events from everything else that grand that you do in your state, like we mentioned before. They're like mm -hmm. the punk rock concerts that you go to because they're they're rebellious in that sense that they're still keeping and respecting the attitudes of the craft but they're putting a spin on them to to introduce them to a new generation to introduce them to masons that had no idea i was so happy to see a lot of our new entered apprentices that volunteered that went there that had never been to a festival board go through the monster that we put together and they were just like oh my gosh i've heard of these but and like our older brothers were like, well, no, well, this is different, though. Don't expect this at every festive board. This is, like, yeah, that way over the top. Else. <laughs> it's not going to happen at any festive board. It's going to be, like, more like the documentary, because we saw Brian um, Evans's documentary, The Masonic Table, and the next day. And the first question they asked him was, like, so how does this compare to what we did last night? And he started laughing. <laughs> so it's, 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 that's the formality. That's the way that you follow you you go through those motions on a on a correctly done well is there a, is there such a thing as a correct festival board right every jurisdiction does a little thing different with it and then 
and then we just took that pop culture liberty with it and just mm-hmm. said, well, you know, there's so much room to grow here. Let's kind of if you ask you what- a committee on work member in the Grand Lodge of Virginia, yes, there is one only one way to run a festive board, but we all know that's not true. Right. So, about- uh, so, so, so back to your question on like, yeah. so that's kind of the, the challenge, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, well, the great stuff we're just having everybody there having a good time and absorbing all this light. I mean, these speakers, like I mentioned before, what was, was your favorite? You know, How about that? What was, what was Dago's that? favorite part of the whole weekend? If you had to pick one, you got to pick one. Oh, can't. That's you can't. I think. I, I think. I think. Just having people say, "I didn't know it was going to be this amazing." I think that was that's a, a good feeling, right? That was a, that's humbling. That's a good validation that you get for it. Well, after all these months and days and nights of of stressing out over it, you're like, "All right, finally, there's some validation to this." <laughs> But I think overall, there's just not one thing that I could say like, oh, this is the one. The only one thing that I enjoyed was this. It was there's just too much of that of, of going on that was so great and, and, and complemented each other so well that it was hard to say, oh, that stuck out. Even somebody like a Mitch Horowitz that was the only non-Mason mm-hmm. that spoke and also showed his documentary, The Kabbalion. Right. You know, he was the last speaker, and I was—I thought he was just going to come and do his thing and leave, right, like a rock star. Uh, but he showed up to the festival board. He'd never been to a festival board. He got up. He showed up in the morning to see the very first speaker, and stayed and sat nice. through the audience, asked questions, had comments, and then when he got up and spoke, he was like, "Wow, I'm so blown away by this. I didn't know masonry had all these layers to it." That. There's without a doubt, I'm definitely going to be joining. I was say, did anyone hand him a petition? Like that was your time. That was the opportunity. <laughs> Everybody it, stood up, but you I know he's from New York. You know, Dagos, Dago, you have you've had a relationship with Mitch forever, right? Like, not, not forever, I don't know. I think forever. Well, for a long time. I mean, the first time that I met Mitch, we were at PRS, and we were just eating lunch, and he just happened to be walking through. Yes. Uh, well, that was yeah, the first time I, I met him. him. Really? That's where the relationship started. That's hilarious. So, but going back to what you said about you know, people thinking that this was just so cool, I didn't know it was going to be this awesome. I remember when you did the first one and you had this weird reservation in your head. You were like, three days. I don't know. Is it too much? Is it too much? And you were like, RJ, are you going to be, you ready for this gauntlet? And I'm like, I'm all in, man. This is this is my jam. Like I will be up all day and all night. And um, as much as I was up all day and all night, you guys were up, and I think you all only slept maybe two hours at the lunch. <laughs> you guys were cleaning and getting everything ready for the next day, and it was so amazing, like to watch people just that first time walk away, and they were just blown away. I mean, that first festive board y'all did was just, I don't even have words for it. I can only imagine what you guys did this last one. I saw all the pictures and stuff, and I was sad to miss out. But you, you got you to, gotta, at some point, I know you're humble about it, but, man, you guys really do it up. You, you guys do it up. It's, it, it's awesome. Well, this is our little contribution, right, from this side of town from this side of the country. And it was inspired by what you guys are doing on your side. 
over there. So it's about just kind of keeping those, you know, wafting those flames and keep the fire burning of the excitement. Because if we're not excited about it, what are other Masons, new Masons that join lodges going to be excited about Masonic education? Are they going to be, is Masonic education so highfalutin that, oh, I can't attend your event if you're going to have profane people there. Get out of here. Like, really? Like, how are we ever going to cross that threshold if we're not reinventing the wheel per se and coming with these different approaches to it and points of views to this organization to make it grow and become better than what it was before isn't that our job yeah that sounds better than the way we found it that sounds very much uh what that inspired the the memory of the quote that goes something along the lines of if not us who if not nail when or without a vision that people perish. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing. It's like if you are not going to think outside of the box and take a chance and roll the dice, it and as long as you're in I always tell this to our newer maces, as long as your in, intentions are in the right place, the planets will align. As long as you don't do three yeah. things, burn the lodge down, get our <laughs> break the our Masonic code book that the Grand Lodge will take our charter right. or make us go bankrupt, then Go at it. This is your hub. Come yeah. and talk about and, it. But and you're see, going to do the work, though. Yeah. You're going to do the work. You're going to roll up your sleeves because everyone has an idea. And oh, I got an idea. But who's going to roll up their sleeves and actually put the blood, sweat, and tears into making it a reality? Yeah, I know Robert and I are, are big fans of like manifestation, like the secret, right? Just law of attraction. If you focus on it, you set a clear vision you dedicate your purpose and soul to something it's going to happen and you know you'll get to as close to what you have in your head uh to manifest into reality and you guys did that i mean you knocked it out of the park because you filled three very busy very full days of an experience that uh people will remember for the rest of their lives and that all started with a good idea um but then you you, you mentioned it and you shaped it you guys started throwing around like these kind of parable sayings you know and i was like oh these are all nice and light and fluffy and <laughs> and i and i just keep thinking like Here comes i'm thinking more like I, i'm thinking more like tale of two cities like <laughs> you know we're we're getting things are going to get a little bit crazy uh there's going to be a french revolution um and and that's really <laughs> honestly the masonic education revelation revolution is is what's been you know the fanning the flames of forever we've all been trying to find a way to uh, spice up the meal without, uh, you know, letting the past masters know that, you know, you're using a, a Cajun spice, you know, or whatever it is, you know, and, and we're, we're slowly kind of making this thing more normal. And I think that uh, this tremendous effort that you guys did, right? I mean, you really the, cause it's California, there's a little salt and pepper, little cons here and there. There's Texas, a little bit of Arizona. And then there's really nothing until you get this way. I mean, the Midwest Kansas. is basically Kansas and, and Chicago. And then you, you move, you know, east. I think, you know, this is, um, you're doing a great job of holding up. I mean, that entire side of the continent. <laughs> Right. So, so you think you have more buy-in from at least this west side of the continent, right? You got you have the whole like, half. What did, like what did you say? What did you say in the early days, John? Maybe it was Jason. One of y'all said something like, "You're never a prophet in your own hometown." 
You never profit your yeah, own. Yeah, like nobody, nobody wants to. Nobody's your, you know, nobody's buying your books in your own state. And I, and you know what? Maybe he might yell at me for saying this, but I asked Bob Davis this question in the car. I said we were just driving, and we were going to the cigar lounge, and I, I said, Bob, you're so prolific. Do you find that? And don't take this the wrong way, but are you like more popular outside the state or in your own state? And he goes, oh, definitely outside. Wow. Like even wow. Bob Davis, you guys. The Bob it's Davis. It's the weirdest thing. The Bob Davis, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So the big question is, what's next? What do you have planned for the SPML 2024? Question mark? Well, that's going to depend on the master that comes in and if he wants to uh, uh, set aside the funds for it and and then we go from there. Like you probably the the six months before he gets elected and his year starts, that's where we'll, we'll have that discussion. And if he's game, um, I, I have one more in me, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> but next year we're going to celebrate our, so that's going to be 2024 if it happens. But next year, our Illumination Lectures like are celebrating their 10-year anniversary. So that incoming master wants to like blow them up a little bit more and maybe do a festive board to celebrate that milestone at our lodge. So be on the lookout for invitations maybe to come out and talk out for the 10th anniversary because um, we'll probably have 10 speakers come out next year instead of our usual seven or eight that we have. 10 for 10. Yeah, 10 for 10. I like it. I like it. But that's, yeah, because, you know, these things take some time and, and effort, and, and you kind of want to do it right as best as you can. So every year is just is just too much. I commend everybody that does it, that, that tries to do it every year. But out here, it's just, it would be, it wouldn't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not enough time, you know. And also, you want to see what's being put out there, right? You know, there was the top 10 list that helped inspire this one. There's new Masonic scholars popping out. So you're not going to do like quarterly? I heard there's going to be a quarterly no. conference, SPML. Can you imagine? No? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, all the blood, sweat, and tears that would go into that. Uh, you would burn Intense. people out. You think You think? Well, that's, too, too many that's degrees. the Illumination series. <laughs> Those Illumination lecture series are, yeah. are like Every little month. mini cons in themselves, you know? They are. Is yeah. there going to be a uh, Chicago one next year? Yeah, we'll do one. September, probably the second or third weekend in September 2023. That's the gentleman's agreement. Most people ask. They say, well, how come you skip a year? And I say, I just do mine the year Dago doesn't do his. <laughs> I nice. say his, but you know what yes. I mean. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll plan one out awesome. here, and we'll just go back and forth, right? We don't want to spread things too thin. And, and as Jason said, right, we don't want to see the same faces all the time. We really want to keep your eyes peeled for those Masonic scholars and you know, out who are out there in the wild who did a lot of the work on refracted light um, that might not feel like they have the chops, right? But then you see the commentary and the awesome conversations we all had after these lectures and you can say to them, Hey, now's your shot, right? We're back right. in yeah. business. Mm -hmm. You did your thing. You cleaned it up. You got great feedback. You handled Q and a so well. Now's the time to be those giants, the shoulders of giants for those other folks to stand on. You know, we can't always be, 
we, you know, as we were all coming up, right? Like, I'm sure we all remember those people who just said, I'm giving you the shot. You're the guy, right? For me, that was a guy named Ed Rund and Ira Gilbert who came out to my lodge and said, you're the new lodge education officer. And, uh, you know, that's how, that's how it just kind of blew up for me, but for, for all oh, yeah. of us. So it's and just well, important. You're like you're saying it's pay it forward, right? Pay it for it's like, exactly. And, especially you, right. guys, you three that have, you know, you with a podcast and out there uh, doing Masonic education, you know, you have your ear to the ground and you see what's coming up down the pipeline before anybody else does most of the time. So it's only in, in, in the, the craft's best interest to give that plat this platform to those individuals to help spread that and disseminate that education that they've been researching and thinking about and simmering on, but, but maybe a little more closed off to their city, their state, because they don't have the big platform. And then I think that's all of our responsibilities to be able to allow totally. that to happen and, 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 and have this venue that is here to do that. So it's yeah, the, it's, I agree. We're the off of the Olympic torch, right? You know, you, exactly. you're getting tired, you're getting tired of running, but you're still the athlete. You still did the thing. You're still in the circles, but dang it. I'm passing this thing on to this next guy who wrote this awesome paper in the, you know, Scottish right research society or something. And the fire has, has to keep burning. It has to totally. Yep. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's a that's a great segue to start wrapping things up. Uh, we usually lead into our final question. <clears throat> so, final question for Jason and Robert is: Given the brand, given the quality, and given the uh, energy that comes from the SPML Masonicon, what would you like to see in the next Masonicon series in twenty twenty four? So, think about that. And I'll start with Dago for his you know, final shout outs and shameless plugs and all that good stuff. Uh, but I definitely want to thank cool. you from the bottom of our heart for having you on the show to, to share in this, uh, this journey that is Masonic education. So thank you. I want to, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate the invite. I love you guys on the show. I watch it as regularly as I can. So love you, Dago. For out here. Am I supposed to answer that question or no? No, you don't have to. Well, like if okay. Dago wants to say what, what he wants to see in two years. Well, no, I think I just said it. More new faces. More. Right? more just more. New faces Turn it up in. to 11. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks Thank again. You. And let's head over to Jason for his edition. What's your, what's your final question response? Two words. <gasps> Doctor Who. Oh. Oh, what? What? So many lessons <laughs> you can draw from that show's 60-year history, 59-year history. Um, so that's, that's super, super tactical. Um, I think at more of a 100,000-foot overview what i would love to see for spml is a continuation of the pop culture theme but dago you hit on this a little bit earlier i'd like to see some new speakers and some new faces and whether that's you know 
a couple more nationally known speakers and some local up and comers. Some Jason uh, Richards. I no, <laughs> no, no, not not at all. Um, I think as part of the you know Masonicon you know community. I think one of the things that that we don't do enough of is lending our platforms to bring in, like you said, Dago, the next generation of great Masonic speakers. And so I would love to see somebody other than the same roving band of eight misfits like RJ and Angel and Jamie, who are all incredible. Um, but uh, something, something to break it up and something to keep things unique. Love it. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Over to you, Robert. What would you like to see in Masonic Con 2024? I would like to see the, con- the same continued awesome effort on behalf of SPML, its, its lodge members who all basically stand up to do the thing. That's one thing that I, I have to say that I, I think we could all take a lesson from uh, Dago here, especially John, you, and myself, who tend to get really stressed out about events <laughs> that we're planning. <clears throat> and like so much so that, I mean, even Scott Dubois, like, you know, he said to me, I know you were stressed about this, but it's my duty as your, your friend to tell you that it's kind of your fault because you didn't spread the spread, you know, the work around. Mm-hmm. And I think some, and I, and I, and I really took that to heart. And when, when I watched Dago really kind of amp up his folks, you know, it's like the, <laughs> it's like the scene in, um, uh, uh, men in tights. He says, lend me your ears, right? That's Dago. And everybody throws their ear at him. Um, everybody's, <laughs> everybody's disgusting. in, <laughs> everybody's in, right? Everybody, like you had so many people there helping out. It was like at Ezekiel Bates, we had all the members and stuff. And when Joe and I went out there last year, uh, we met up at the brew night and they threw us worker shirts. We're like, cool. All right. You know, and we were there to work. I would like to see that continued effort, um, especially with a lot of the new EAs and things that you had come through, your new Master Masons who saw this awesome event. You've really sparked um, something in them and, and started this fire. Now they can continue it on and perhaps just allow them to kind of try to figure out something new also. Uh, you know, as far as themes and things, I love that you all do like the screenings. Um, even in the first year, you had you sh- you showed a film that was not even Masonic. It was the, the baseball film, which was so good. And you had this Q&A session with the actor and the director, and it was really cool. And I think even things like that, to talk to you know, brothers who are doing their craft and yeah. uh, showcasing that stuff is so fun. Um, and I think California Freemason Magazine has done uh, a number of different articles where I've seen that, you know, just showcasing artisans, uh, you know, who are also in the craft. I just like that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. just keep on keeping on, man. Don't I don't want to see you guys stop. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. All right. So, yeah, I, I would add everything that 
it's good to go last because I say what Robert said. I'm doing that in lieu of Joe tonight. Um, Robert took my idea. But I would say that um, consistency is key. And, um, yeah, definitely double down on the uniqueness that is SPML's Masonicon. Uh, again, having those those screeners uh, bring in more of the, the pop culture feel into that. And, again, this is a plug for, if you haven't heard, Dago's uh, Fight Club and Freemasonry presentation... I mean, that, that really unites those two concepts together very well. It talks about archetypes, talks about, you know, how do you take these lessons that <clears throat> seem trite, seem unique in pop culture and relate it to the fraternity that we have. Uh, you know, it's the best of both worlds. And so doing more of that, I think, would really um, give it a unique spin, give it something that uh, you, know, you, you can't get everywhere else. Like you said, these are these are unique aspects of Freemasonry. So, yeah, keep on. Keep on what you're doing. So, um, great. All right, well, thank you very much for watching. We really enjoyed the show, and keep searching for more light. Have a good night. Wow.